0: in the shower, car, or on the can. As
1: moms, we all know those are about the only times in a day where we are alone and sane, if we're lucky. That's why we created Mom Goal, a weekly podcast designed to give moms all they need to know to become moguls in 15 minutes or less. So lather up, turn up the volume, or stay secretly hiding in peace on the pot a bit longer. Let's go. mom goals welcome back week two of april we are so excited that you guys are all listening thank you for as always being on this journey with us and i'm just pumped because i think there's some big announcement that we want to share with you all and it's it's not going to come from me so Raquel, fill the beans Fill the
0: beans well you guys i'm going to be a mom goal for the third time baby kelly number three is currently cooking so (sighs) yes yes kristen you've known (laughs) you've been on the journey since i think i told you at like week six right now i am 20 weeks along i've been very hesitant to tell all of you guys i don't know i've just been so busy (laughs) but you know we had the anatomy ultrasound friday which i feel like as a lot of you guys know, it's just the time where you feel like you can breathe, where you go, okay, everything's there, we're all right, we're good. And so I feel like just getting through that made me
1: just be like, all right, now let's let's tell the mom, go community. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, well now, how are you feeling? How's, how's this pregnancy been compared to your other ones? Yeah, so you know, January,
0: February, halfway through March, not not well. As Dorinda would say, not well, bitch. Like, not <laughs> well. I mean, very similar to, I found out on New Year's Eve. I took a oh, test. I was lovely. very sick, thought it was COVID. Nope, yeah, not nauseous. COVID, just nauseous because you prego, girl. So... January, just, it's it's the same. I get very sick in the first trimester. The first trimester is my least favorite of all the trimesters. I took Zofran again. I took it with Nev, my second. ran. I was like so sick with the first. So the Zofran helps. For all of you guys who have taken it though, it's like, it's so, it cures the one thing nausea, but then, oh my God, you have the worst constipation. You have the worst gas pains where you think you're having a miscarriage because your gas pains are so bad. So it's just like, you can't win, you can't win. And so I would get really nauseous at night, like at nighttime, it would be the worst. So that went on for I got COVID, what a COVID week six. That's when I told you, cause I was like, you had COVID, I had COVID. And I'm like, oh yeah, Kristen, by the way, I'm pregnant i'm dying this is oh, terrible. oh goodness then sinus infection from the COVID. then fun yeast infection from the antibiotics oh gosh from the si- so it was just like every week but we're here now you're here better now we're here now i will say like week 15 16 just as my other two pregnancies the nausea started going away and so i don't have
1: that anymore which is a huge weight lifted off so i'm a ton better Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now, all right, so we have two beautiful girls. Yes. Are yes, you yes, going yes. to find out what this next beautiful baby will be?
0: We are
1: not. We are Whoa.
0: not. I know. Yes. I know. I love it. I love it. I know. We were we were surprised with the Nev, and, and so we're going to be surprised with the last one
1: the last one let me <laughs> let me
0: reiterate that
2: well, well i remember
1: no. you always saying you're like i just don't think i'm done yet and i knew I'm glad it that you listened to your gut you know yeah you i knew it i yeah. just you know i kept all the baby stuff
0: down in the basement and but i also knew they were so close together 19 20 months apart and i also knew i did not want another so close together that you know, so when people would ask me when they were like, you know, even two, three years old, I'd be like, nope, nope, I, I can't do it now, I can't do it now, and then something just, you know, Nev Kelly turned three and then she turned four and it just, you know, it got a bit easier, so. So we're gonna be surprised. Due date is September 2nd. We'll see, we'll see if I make it that long, we'll see if I have a Labor
1: Day baby. We'll let you know, we'll, we'll keep you posted we are so, so excited and happy for you and cannot wait to meet this new baby bundle of joy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Stick around
0: next week because now that you know I'm cooking another one, Kristen and I are going to spill our labor stories with you all. The good, the bad, and the real, real ugly. So (laughs) we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. Welcome back. It's time for five minutes of finance and joining us again is Nicole Harrison, multimillion dollar producer plus principal broker and owner of the Harrison co real estate group. So last week, Nicole, you gave us tips on how to start the buying or selling process with the realtor.
2: So what comes next? All right. So last week we talked about the planning process that starts before you do anything involving buying or selling a house. And if you recall, we discussed the importance of choosing a great agent, going over the buying and selling process, and all the documents involved, having a realtor come to your home to go through all of that. And we touched on obtaining a pre-approval. So let's get into what a pre-approval process looks like and why it's so important. First, let me share this with you. I personally, in my market, I do not get paid any money or any kickbacks from referring you to lenders, but some realtors might. If you're curious, ask your agent if they do. I like to avoid even the appearance of impropriety, so I don't want paid to send you to someone. But over the course of my career, I have some invaluable insight as to who charges less, who has better rates, who works hard and is available when you need them. Nobody wants to pay more for a mortgage, right? Who cares who you pay it to? But it's important just as much as it is to have a good realtor, it's equally important to have a good lender. This market is tough enough to deal with without having to try and track down your lender because they don't communicate well or at all. That's kind of the worst when you can't find them. So by providing the names of some of these lenders that we know do a great job, my goal is twofold to make it easy for you, but also for me. It's painful when i have a client who comes to me with a lender they've already chosen and that lender doesn't answer their phone they don't reply to emails or don't even text um, or who just doesn't understand the process of this market because maybe they don't do a lot of business and it puts you as a buyer at a disadvantage completely so we don't want that so let me give you an example of why choosing a good lender is important i have a lot of clients who work with a large national bank here headquartered in central ohio and when these clients come to me they already have a pre-approval sometimes from their employer because they've been told that their fees will be discounted as an employee perk that's all good and dandy but here's the thing it's not always the best route for them because everybody's different It may they may not even have the best product for that particular buyer so they would have paid more for mortgages in general with fees and rates that are different if they didn't check out what their options were overall rates have creeped up over the past year Back when I first started in real estate, they used to be like 6 to 9%. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we're kind of mid threes, low fours. That is still low, historically low. And my grandparents used to tell me, oh, rates were 18%, right? But here's a couple of things about rates that are important too, and mortgages in general. Rates change sometimes throughout the day. So you may hear in the morning that rates are at 3%, and at noon, they could be three and a quarter. It, it's going to change. Another important fact is that you cannot lock your rate until you're in contract. This is a big surprise for a lot of people. When you get a pre-approval your lender is going to base what they quote you as a rate based upon the rate that day at the time of your call and based upon your credit score that day. So that can change. So your rate is not locked until you're in contract. Rates are good for about 60 days when they do a pre-approval with you, but again, you can't lock it. So, Once we go into contract, if for some reason there's a delay with your builder or with the closing in general, maybe there's a seller issue that might get delayed. We might have to ask for a rate extension, but that can cost you money. So something to ask your realtor about. Lenders are going to ask you for bank statements, tax returns, W-2s, 1099s, all of those things. So kind of dig some of that stuff out ahead of time. They're gonna have you fill out an application so that they can kind of see the full picture of what you look like as a borrower. And I'm going to be brutally honest here. I am not a fan of the online pre-approvals through companies who might feature an instant pre-approval or a quick app to download. Those are not what I would recommend. They're not seeing the full picture of what a pre-approval would look like for you. And they may give you one and it may not have any weight to it, it may not be any good. So wouldn't it be a bummer if you found a house you actually loved wrote an offer, got it in contract and you can't close because you had a really bad pre-approval. So some lenders are known in the real estate industry too as just being a pain to deal with. Realtors talk, they talk to their sellers. You don't wanna go in with a bad pre-approval. So some advice when you're in the home buying process regarding loans and pre-approvals, please don't open any new credit lines. And that means no new Kohl's credit card charges, no new cars, don't buy a boat, please don't buy a couch, right? Because you may not have a house to put the couch in. And so kind of important, This affects your debt to income ratio. And we've had some clients, this is true stories, where they've went out and they've bought a couch and they don't have a house to put it in because they can't close. So it's terrible, we don't want that. But it does happen. So 0% interest or same as cash with some of the stores, all of that, don't do it. The day you close, after you're done, go for it. Don't change jobs, this is another thing. Talk to your lender if you're thinking about it. Let them make that decision for you. Depends on if it's in the same line of work or the same field or if it's within the same company, but for the love of God, please do not quit your job. you're gonna quit, quit after you're closing. Probably don't because you need to pay your mortgage, but don't quit in the process. And don't move cash and money around. Lenders have to account for withdrawals and deposits that you make, cash or not while we're in the process of buying a home. So you'll have to explain if you got a $10,000 deposit, where it came from, even if it came from your grandma. So there's a lot to it. They're watching everything you do, but it's for good reason. I can remember when we were buying our first home, I
0: I felt like I'm like, I feel like I'm being investigated by the FBI. Like. it is. You're under a microscope and just everything. They, they need to know everything. It was like you were on trial. And so it's like everything you said was spot on. And mom will definitely take note if you are trying to buy a house.
1: All right, this is all super important. Thank you for sharing your insights with us. Be sure to join us next week because Nicole is going to break down the types of loans in an easy, digestible way. Get excited. And don't forget to follow Nicole on Insta at broker underscore Nicole or visit NicoleHarrison.com. See you next week. Mommy! Mommy!
0: Mommy. (gasps) Mom We are back with the amazing Chinwe SMI, Managing Director and Chief Compliance Officer for Legacy Franchises at Citigroup. She's a podcast host and author of Brilliance Beyond Borders. This week, we are talking about what it means to have immigrants. So, Chinwei, can you explain to our audience the true meaning of that term?
3: Yes. So, immigrants means immigrant's grace or immigrant's genius. And it's essentially an immigrant woman's highest expression of her purpose and potential. And it's about honoring the fact that each of us, when we come into the world and immigrants, when we come to the United States, we carry these bold dreams and expectations. And the U.S. stands for the promise of the full realization of that potential. I think every single immigrant family that's ever come to the U.S., whether escaping persecution or looking for freedom, what the ideal that has drawn them to the United States is the highest expression of potential. And so immigration is about recognizing that highest ideal. And it's also about how do we dig into it and continue to bring it to life in the world in tangible ways. So I'm very much about not just holding those dreams to ourselves, but figuring out ways to bring them to life and to apply them and to help move things forward in our industries, in our environments, in our community, and for those around us as well.
0: And in your book, you bring up the word genius and how, you know, we we think it's Albert Einstein. That's what like pops in my head the the minute I see it. But you've said that we've come to know it as this exclusive
3: term and you disagree. Why do you disagree? I strongly disagree. Because (laughs) I think that industries and society as a whole We lose out. We lose out on people living their fullest joy, their fullest potential, and their contributions when we cut off their potential. When we say, well, this is an exclusive term, only if you fit these criteria will you be considered a genius. And if everyone is a genius, no one is a genius. And so we really limit ourselves to a very narrow definition. First, in terms of who we think qualifies as a genius, but it's very narrow if you look at the number of people that we as a society have placed this title on. But I think we all know that every single one of us is capable of greatness. And it doesn't have to be intellectual. For some people it's more creative it's more artistic it's more cooking it's more gardening it's more whatever it is i think but it's it's understanding that because we have these dreams that have been placed in our hearts and and we have the nudge and the calling that we have an obligation to honor it to follow it And when we, as I said, cut off certain people from that definition, I think ultimately we lose out. And one of the things I also do is I contrast because as I listen to the stories of the women, you see women who started out or, for example, who have won multiple gold medals in the case of Sonia Richards-Ross. And what would have happened if she actually bought into the story that, well, you know, you're an immigrant. The best you can do is maybe you can be a nanny. And for some people, that's the expression of their genius, right? But it's just ensuring that whoever we are and whatever dreams that we feel called to, that we honor that and that we pursue it and we find ways to make it a reality.
1: I love this so much. And now every time I hear the word genius, I'm not going to just think of Einstein. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can head to chinway smi.com/book or anywhere books are sold to purchase your copy of Brilliance Beyond Borders today and be sure to tune in next week where we talk about the importance of redefining what success means to us.
0: Thanks Chinway, we'll see you next week. All right, Momguls, that's all the time we have. Thanks for
1: listening. Want more Momgul? Follow us on Instagram at @momgul and don't forget to leave us a review.